Nirvana is here. That's a quote from today's guest, another user of IAPS, an automated insulin delivery system with what may be the most powerful algorithm for managing diabetes. On last week's show, I spoke with two admins of IAPS about how the algorithm works and its impressive results. It was truly an amazing episode. You got to hear it. Today, you're going to hear even more, but from a user who isn't technically savvy. Welcome to Diabetech. I'm Justin. I have type 1 diabetes. And on the show, I talk all things diabetes tech, news, and management with industry leaders, educators, and those thriving with diabetes. My guest today is Anastasia. She's coming from Hermosa Beach, California. Her daughter was diagnosed at age five with no diabetes in either parent's medical history. But soon after, Anastasia was told that she had two antibodies and during the course of the next year was diagnosed with type 1 as well. A late bloomer like me. She was on MDI for almost a decade until deciding we are not waiting and built Loop in the early days and used it for three years. She moved on to Omnipod 5 and successfully used it for over a year until IAPS fell onto her lap. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday on all podcast platforms and on YouTube in video form, so be sure to follow where you prefer, and if you're on YouTube, give this video a like because it helps push it out to more people. Keep in mind that anything you hear on this podcast or content on any of my pages is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. IAPS is experimental and not approved by the FDA or regulatory authorities. You take full responsibility for building and using IAPS and you do so at your own risk. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by T1D Exchange. You can directly make an impact on diabetes healthcare, treatments, and technology by participating in the T1D Exchange registry. It starts with a simple survey about your life with T1D and it only takes about 15 minutes. After that, you'll have a personal portal with ongoing T1D study and survey opportunities from research on technology, daily T1D management, and more. Plus, some of these studies even offer compensation. Signing up with the link in the show notes helps support my channel and it allows me to continue putting out free content. You can sign up at t1dexchange.com org slash diabetic or click that link in today's show notes. Now for the episode. Anastasia, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, did you listen to the last episode? I did. I listened to it twice, actually. I have oh, so wow. much to learn about IAPS. Can I tell you the funniest thing? The first thing I learned by listening to last week's episode was what IAPS stands for. I'm so embarrassed, but I was like, I don't know. It must be a really important official, like techie thing. Of course, it means iPhone artificial pancreas system. Just right. got that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's a great name, and I love. It's a lowercase i, so it's just like iPhone. Well, I'm glad that you watched the episode, and um, actually, it was you who introduced me to the whole IAPS thing. I had heard it, but you like told me all about it. And specifically when we first spoke, you told me in an Instagram message, you said Nirvana exists. And then when we spoke, you said IAPS is magic. How is IAPS magic? Okay, so <laughs> the ability for it to actually do what everybody thinks an insulin pump does, like have you had that experience? We've had diabetes in our family for a while. And someone's like, oh, so you got an insulin pump. So good. So now you've got that figured out and like, it's fine now. That has never been the case. Um, this one just reacts to what's actually happening and in your blood sugar, not what's supposed to be happening based on some equation or algorithm or settings that at least in my experience, have always felt like they are um, built on sand. I mean, you know, what exactly is my carb ratio right now? I, I don't know. I've never been able to fully get to the bottom and like get the flat line that some people can get. And so this one is just reacting to what's happening. And I see how beautifully it doesn't mean I don't have excursions, but it just magically knows how to bring me down. Magic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny you say that about pumps. Before I had type one, you know, I had friends that had their pumps. I was like, oh, they've got it handled. I knew nothing beyond the fact that, oh, they're fine. Right? <laughs> they're handling it. But as we know, uh, and we're both late bloomers to type one, we understand it firsthand. How long have you been using IAPS? I looked at my history this very day, 83. Today is day 83. Wow. Okay, yeah. so we have we have a lot to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then, so you said you went to a conference in San Diego, uh, TCOYD, is that taking control of your diabetes? Is that where you were first introduced to IAPS? Yes. And it was just a complete fluke. So I have toggled between, like most of us, MDI. Um, then I took on looping. Um, pretty early when that became available to a normal person, although it was a stratospheric, like outside of my comfort zone. But I also have a daughter with type one. So I'm gonna say that so many of my diabetes decisions are based on her, like my role as mother, like how can she slash we do better? So yeah, so we were looping, we both were looping with Omnipod for a couple few years. Um, but when my daughter went off to college, I just, I really found it too stressful and too difficult to have her call me at three in the morning. Mom, my Riley link isn't connecting and I have this weird error. And you know, if I were able to solve those problems, I would be more than happy to. I just, you know, I've got my special skills and qualities, but being technological is, one that I do not possess on any level. Um, so that became a little much for us. And looping, you know, I came to realize at one point that it wasn't that much better than what we had been doing for before in our experience. Um, so when Omnipod 5 came around, we were both pretty early adopters to that. Um, and that was fine, great, good enough. Um, and so that's what I was doing when I went to this conference in August and I saw that there was a breakout session on closed loop systems. And I thought I am going to go to that session just in the hopes of catching the eye of somebody who over the years has been an anonymous, you know, a, a little square in the Facebook page who has helped me. So as we all know, like, you know, if you are not, techie and you are looping, you are really at the mercy of the kindness of strangers. Um, I have yet to come across any lack of that kindness, but it makes me very uncomfortable to be, you know, dependent on somebody through a Facebook app, which my daughter isn't even on Facebook. So like it always fell to me. Yeah. yeah um, and for such a personal, night, like, for yes. such a personal reason yes. too, right? This is your yes. health. Yes. Like, what is this person's time zone? I, I, I don't like asking for help, so I'm not, it's not an easy thing for me to do. And for it, right, this isn't like, help me write a, edit a paper I'm right. This was like, we have a not, the pump is not working right now. Um, what are we supposed to do? And to just throw it out there to the universe and hope that it came back. So, so many people, um, and in the Southern California area, had been on the other end of those, you know, requests. It never happens at 3 p.m., right? It's always at 3 a.m. when something hits the fan. <laughs> and so I thought, I'm going to sit in on this discussion and just look for the name tags and thank the people who have helped me in the past. But um, as this discussion went on and I was hearing for the first time in my entire life that there is a system that people are currently using where they are not bolusing. I mean, the example that the speaker gave was he said, oh, at the hotel gift shop, I bought a bag of gummy bears because of course you always have to have something for Lowe's. And I just mindlessly ate it last night. I did not bolus for those gummy bears and I never went over 150. And I was like, what? I mean, what? So after the talk, I thanked the kind people. And then I went up to him and I said, like, tell me more. So I'm not going to name this person because I'm not sure. I haven't heard back from him whether, you know, what he's doing yeah. is whatever, if he wants to know, other people should know. But um, so he very kindly put the app on my phone. And then maybe a week later, we scheduled a Zoom. 
And he helped me set it up with, I mean, he only asked me, I think my BMI, my um, 14-day average amount of insulin, and the same for carbs. And I, I mean, I am admitting the truth. I did not know what any of these settings meant. This came out of nowhere. Um, and I started running the program. Now I'm a former looper and he was very aware that I'm on this and I'm not going to put myself in danger. And, you know, we put all the safety parameters around it, but I started off not bolusing at all and like staying 90% in range. It's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's also incredible that that happens so quickly because I would assume that there's a time of adjustment from the initial setup. And it's interesting also that you went from Omnipod 5 to that. I mean, did he take any other settings from your current setup or he literally took just that BMI 14 day average of carbs and insulin and that's it. He went with that. That's it. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's good for me to know getting on it myself. And uh, I don't know if, Uh, I am getting a little help. We'll see if that's what they use. Um, And if not, I'll mention that that's what you used. So you did have help getting on. What was the build process like? Was it up to you to build it or did that person help you build it? Again, the way that I came to this was so unusual. Um, But when I walked out of the breakout of the conference, the little icon was on my phone. So it was in there. But... We then had a Zoom session. He like took over the session from remotely and put in, you know, told me what to do on every one of the settings. Again, I didn't really know what any of them were. How could I, I guess? Um, I made it clear that I wanted the most dynamic of settings. So I didn't really have like that grace period of start conservative and then (laughs) change your settings as you go. Um, So I really kind of just got delivered the holy grail as it is. And the truth is I am afraid to touch anything now. (laughs) It's going well, but I will also add, I have eaten low carb for like eight or nine years, really just because I can't be bothered to go to 350 and then have eight units on board and then roller coaster. So that, so diabetes management is entirely the reason that I have been doing that for a long time. And um, since this nirvana or magic, whatever I called it, I have forayed back into eating carbs. And along with that, no surprise, so have rises in my blood sugar. So I, I could use some help now, um, okay. you know, making adjustments. I think if I just ate low carb for the rest of my life, I don't think I'd go over 180 ever. You know, if I'm going to have a plate of French fries, the truth is I'm like out of practice in bolusing for things like that, or, you know, pre-bolusing. And also I have found in my own experience, if I meddle too much, I'm giving myself myself more problems than if I just sort of let it be and sit with 210 for, you know, 30 minutes and then let it make its way back down. I find when I meddle and I try and say, oh, I'm just going to give a bolus because it looks like I'm going to go this high. Usually the algorithm is smarter than me and I will end up having to have a low treatment. Although I have had, even if I have a low I need probably three grams of carbs, not kind of the 15. Um, wow. The, it, I mean, I haven't made any big mistake. I'm not referring to if I, you know, the where you have a lot yeah. of insulin on board. But if I'm sort of sliding down, actually a part of the app will say low alert, um, 11 grams of carb required. Um, or 25 grams of carb. Now, it can be a little bit hysterical in my experience. I I have learned that I do not need exactly as many as it says I do. Mm-hmm. But I'll be like, you know what? I might put a half a glucose tab or one whatever gummy worm in my mouth and see how this goes. And I level off. But the ability for this algorithm to bring me back to range is it's incredible. Wow. That feature of it recommending carbs a yes. certain amount is is really interesting yes. and i'm sure it, it it could be refined with um tweaking possibly getting it down to 
perhaps the exact amount needed. Um, cause that's the cool thing. That's the cool thing about DIY systems with loop for me. I've been using it for two years and over time there were moments where I noticed at night after dinner, I would go higher. Um, and I could go in and change all of these settings right. uh, myself. Um, it's, and it's a super intuitive app. Let's, right. let's go back to the be the beginning of getting on IAPS. Tell me about that first day using it. How are well, you feeling? I, I had that thing where I'm like, I can't believe that. I was probably in my <laughs> like crazy fan girl phase when I reached out to you. I was like, I, you know, I'm a fan of yours and I've listened to your podcast and watched them. And I was like, how has he not talked about this? How does everybody not know about this? I reached out to my endocrinologist and I said, every person with type one deserves this algorithm. It's really cruel that we don't all have it because this works. And um, of course she replied, like, it's such a small subset for whom this is a possibility and that is kind of heartbreaking. But um, I honestly, I was just walking around showing my husband like 100 flat, you know, <laughs> look at this, watch me. I'm gonna eat a slice of apple, watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the last episode when I spoke to Teresa and she just nonchalantly was like, I'm 70, puts her phone down and I was like, wait, like, what do you mean you're 70? And then by the end of the podcast, this wasn't recorded. Uh, yes, after it was. I hit... heard it. 45 oh, minutes the... later, she was still 70. You oh, she it. did? Oh, that was recorded? Yeah. Oh, cool. Wow. Was... I'll have to listen to the podcast episode again. <laughs> and I will because I find it so fascinating. Um, it, yeah, I think that's 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 a big difference from any other system I know, including DIY loop, because DIY loop, I'll be sleeping and I'll still go up, you know, I'm in a nice range between 80 and 110, but there's a lot of movement. So I'm right. excited to see that difference. And I'm going to be documenting every aspect of my life. I'm going to be documenting that in some amazing YouTube video. I have to I've been outlining. Anyway, I'm getting I ahead of myself. Wait. Yeah. I'm going to learn from that. Like, it's wonderful. So you will see your graph on the interface mm -hmm. and it will show like 0 0.1, 0 0.1, 0 0.3, 0 0.3, 0 0.3, 0 0.3, 0 0.3. It's just giving you these little mini yeah. bits of insulin that in my experience with loop, I was having to like, oh, get correct. Do it yourself. Correct. Correct. Yes. And then I would overdo it. Um, I think Magnus said he had a lot of lows with loop and so did uh, both me and my daughter. Yeah. Like, Loop was scary low and it was almost like there was too much power in our hands to kind of like, yeah. I don't know, uh, yeah. try so many different ways of trying to mm -hmm. bring down a high blood sugar that we ended up low a lot more. I mean, I have so few lows with I. That's amazing. I personally don't have many lows with DIY loop. I think I've gotten that down, uh, which I'm grateful for highs and getting stuck are definitely a thing. And, yeah. and I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Um, tell me about the just the difference between the DIY loop and the way you used it. And you kind of got into that and with IAPS kind of what does that look like? I so I remember this magic person who helped me said that his app and I think Teresa said the same thing. Um, conceptually his app on his phone was on like page seven of his apps. He basically only dealt with the, the app when he had to change his pump or Dexcom. Um, I am not quite that hands off cause I'm also, I'm so hungry for how to make this a little bit better that I do have it on the front page and I am looking at it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean the, I, I'm comfortable with the interface. It took a little getting used to. It's not, it's not bad. It's not quite as lovely, maybe as Loop. You know, it's a little bit. Loop more looks great. Loop is yeah. is so high gloss. Yeah, it, it's pretty. It's not. It's not. Yeah. But <laughs> it's fine. It's all there. There are a lot of things that I do not know what they are. The words that describe them are words that I do not understand. And as many times, I think there are four now, because there was an open mic videos um, on the loop and learn specifically about IAPS. And I watched them and it's just, um, you know, 
so many people can be like, aha, that's it. I need to change my this or that. I'm like I said, it's like so good that I'm afraid to mess something up. That's so good. But the truth is, I don't even really know exactly which settings are the ones that are so good and which ones are the ones that could be improved. And so I'm just kind of sticking with it, but like ease of use and stuff, you, after day two, you would stop noticing the difference between it and loop. Um, it's just that there's a lot of other things that you could dive deep into that mm -hmm. will not be vocabulary words that are currently in your vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a, I was scrolling through it. I was like, I don't know what half, not even half, like 75% of these settings are. And I, I would like to become an expert on that and then be able to relay that information. So I'm going to do my best before we continue on the setting stuff. What, what tech are you wearing? Um, so I'm on dash pods and G six G six. Um, why are you still on the G six and not the G seven? Do you know, I have heard that G seven has some room for improvement. So, and also I have like eight boxes of them. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. ready. Um, I actually have it in a note in my calendar, like ask about switching. Um, Definitely. I, so for my own experience, you obviously use the G6s while you have them or yeah. even go back and forth if you want to, because I'm sure yeah. this system's just as easy as DIY loop to like go back and forth. Um, G7, I think for, for my body type, my experience, I've been using it for eight months now. Everything is incredible, especially the warm up time of 30 minutes, but you, there's no warm up time with overlapping them. My main issue and listeners would will know this by now, but um, is the connection issues um, right. that I have from too, being too far away. I think that that's that's a main issue. So if you find yourself le leaving your phone behind or yeah. you want to be able to do that, then no yeah. rush. But yeah, it's nice. So, I like yeah. it. All right. I will switch. Absolutely. But in my experience, the thing, what do I have to have near me? I mean, with the Omnipod 5, you you know, you. I mean, I'm not Android. So you have this rather clunky. I know that that's changing. Um, that they Oh, have yeah. With the iPhone app. Approval. But um, that, and I mean, in my past loop experience, I've had the Riley link, the email link, the whatever link, the number of things that um, yeah. it requires us to do. But this one, I mean, it's only my phone and... My phone does need to be near me, but when isn't my phone near me? Yeah, I was I was also going to say with DIY systems, it's important to note that the pump and the CGM are speaking to the phone and then the phone right. is speaking back. Unlike with Omnipod 5 and Tandem's T-Slim, I'm not sure about Medtronic, probably Medtronic 2. Those all have the CGMs speak directly to the pump. So you can right. leave your phone behind and get that automated insulin. You, you won't be able to bolus um, necessarily. Well, yeah, you can on tandem. That's the one big, I'd say that's the one m major downside of DIY would be right. the phone's, re the reliance on the phone. Saying that, I really had an issue on Omnipod 5 with line of sight. If I, mm. I could not have mm -hmm. a Dexcom on the right side of my hip and the pod on the right side of my flank Wow! without it being like, the, what, where are you? So that, I mean, wow. I kind of started going real estate. Like it was, I had like basically four general places that I could put the, and once, you know, the difference between wow. the number of times. So anyway, that is yeah, really no. to me. Yeah. And then I could only imagine if I'm already having some connectivity issues with G7, which Dexcom's fixing and working on whatever, uh, I can only imagine that won't get better. <laughs> Uh, right. initially with, right. with connecting to, to the Omnipod. Um, how often do you have to rebuild the IAPS app? DIY loops every year. Is that the same here? Or? Right. Fear struck in my heart. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so right there, that right there is the mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm like, Oh, I dropped my phone. Did something happen? That is the fear yeah. that we live with when we are not mm -hmm tech minded. So yeah, I understand I the person who helped me build I was a part of a consortium, where as I understand it, and it, it must be through the App Store, um, because I did that before with regular looping, that you a developer account can take 100 people. And so this angel 
gives a hundred people a developer account. Um, and then I suppose at the, whenever that ends, it, we have to rebuild. And I'm, and I'm told that we will be whatever contacted. Yeah. I'll say, um, my own experience building it was as simple as using what's called a test flight system. Okay. Like the iPhone has this thing called test flight where you can go into betas of apps and all I did, and this was surprising to me, I don't even remember how I really figured this out. I like went on the website and followed a tunnel of information. All I did was have to click a link and then I had the app on my phone using test flights. So it, it could be as easy as that. One thing I hope you have done in anyone on DIY systems or on any system for that matter is uh, have you taken screenshots of all your settings for you, uh, and put them on Dropbox where you can get them in the cloud? Something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. I yeah, if your phone dies, the screenshots are on your phone. So put those on oh. iCloud or box.com, Dropbox, Google Drive's free. Put those somewhere okay. in the cloud. Note to yeah. self. Yeah. Thank you. That's, yes, I, so have, I have um, like my pa this, a photo <laughs> of my passport and also my pump settings are on my Google Drive. So yeah, um, yeah do that now uh, just in case because if your phone does die, you can um, use someone else's phone get that out real quick yeah. and then plug it all in and use their phone as your pancreas for a moment. Okay. Um, so you'll laugh if, if I take, cause I have screenshots of my settings. It's, it's about like 10 pages of photos. It's crazy. There yeah. will be a drop down menu. There's like 75 <laughs> things. Yeah. And I know uh, Teresa from the last episode, she's working on, making those options a little more intuitive and kind of almost hiding certain ones that aren't necessary to see from the start, right. cleaning right. that up and having that UI be straightforward when you start and then you can kind of dig deeper. Um, it's definitely overwhelming at first sight. Are there certain settings that you've kind of gotten down and have played around with? I know you said you're pretty hands off, but is there anything that you have yeah. adjusted? You know, based on the videos that I've watched, um, I have adjusted my ISF, even though I have the dynamic settings, so it's working within the parameters I give it. I have adjusted that. But I, I, I struggle with the same thing you do. If I eat something that's higher fat, I will get a little bit stuck on high. Um, not for as long as I used to, certainly not for as long as I did on the Omnipod 5, but um, I had the same issue with Loop. So I did change ISF and, you know, I'm not actually working with my carb ratio because I'm not really putting carbs in. If I'm, if I'm going to eat something that's <laughs> quite carby, I mean, I'm just doing like putting in one unit to sort of give it a little head start. Um, I use, and then I let it do its work. Um, I use an exercise profile and that's about it. A quick word from today's sponsor, Omnipod. When I was first diagnosed with type one diabetes, one of my biggest fears was wearing an insulin pump and what that would look like. My fears were totally diminished once I started wearing Omnipod. Omnipod is a tubeless insulin pump that could be worn almost anywhere you'd give yourself an injection. What I love most is that I forget I'm wearing it. I never have to worry about disconnecting it for showers or swimming, and when I play kickball or go running, it's super secure. Even better, with Omnipod 5, you get automated insulin delivery by connecting it to a CGM. Omnipod 5 uses CGM trend and value to predict your glucose 60 minutes into the future and makes adjustments to your insulin delivery. If you want to try out Omnipod 5 yourself, you may be eligible for a trial. To check your eligibility and for full safety information and instructions for use, visit Omnipod.com slash Diabetic or click the link in today's show notes. All right, back to the show. Do you bolus? I am. <laughs> Do you log cars I'm bolus? I'm curious right now. I. Okay. If I right now were going to have. I'm just trying to think of something that I would have um, that would be really carby. If I were going to have like a piece of pie at Thanksgiving, I would, I don't think I would, I haven't been doing like, okay, that's 38 grams of carbs, but I would probably just give like 
two units and, you know, sort of like eyeballing it in a way to just get something going so that when it hits, at least it's working. But you can see how scientific and um, buttoned up my approach is. I'm kind of, I know that I can get by without bolusing. That would obviously be my dream come true goal. Um, But I guess I am sensitive to carbs. I think Magnus said the same. Like Mm -hmm. if I. And he does bolus. He boluses before meals. He doesn't carb count, but he boluses. Right. That's kind of what I'm doing. Like, I'm not saying 38 carbs equals 3.785, but I'm just giving a little bit thinking I'm going to need a nudge here for this high carb thing. But I'm also kind of, I'm really in like the early days of like, oh, I I like, I wasn't even eating fruit very much aside from berries Mm. um, when I was eating like for years to avoid those. So now I'm eating more carbs and I'm really just finding my way to my approach. So you don't really like as of now for the last 83 days, you haven't really been bolus like pre bolusing before meals. You're kind of just eating. Right. And, and you're is okay. And then, so let me get this straight. So you're also now you've been experimenting a little more with eating higher fat foods, more sweets, and you're looking into pre bolusing for those in some way. Yes. I mean, I would, I have never mastered pre bowl. I don't know. I like, I am interested and I care. And somehow I haven't really ever got that <laughs> good. At okay. That. But, um, but yeah, so I've been eating higher carb and I have been experimenting with giving sort of a general, but conservative bolus, knowing that ultimately it's going to come back. And, you know, if I, like we went on vacation and I overdid it with food and if I would like try and fight with it or try and say, okay, this will be, you know, 40 carbs and actually use that algorithm. I find that the more interaction I have with it at the settings that I have right now seem to cause more problems than if I were just to let it ride. Mm -hmm. However, if I'm going to eat a piece of pie now, and this is recent, like maybe three weeks, um, I will give a bolus that I just consider a conservative amount of insulin just to get it moving in my system. Okay. Um, time and range. What is your time and range on a good day? Okay. Um, I have a lot of really good days, but I did write down what I have. So in 83 days, I'm 73% in range, and that's between 70 and 140. So that's pretty wow. good. Wow. I mean, that's a, that, yeah, I mean, yes, that's um, a much tighter range than I have. My range is 70 to 180. Do you happen to have the Dexcom app? Because, uh, like on your phone, because on Dexcom, it shows you the Dexcom is standard range between 70 and 180. Would you be able to is tell it? me? Honest to God, yeah. I, I thought so, but it's not because, and I don't, wait, what do I want? 90 days? I think that I somehow can you change that? hacked my Dexcom. Well, maybe my, you can change that. I could be wrong. Yeah. My Dexcom looks like it's 70 and 150, and that's where I got that. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So Hello. I guess you can change that um, in the settings. So, I mean, 73% in range with such tight control, 40 milligrams per deciliter lower um, than what I, at least what I have it set at. Um, that's significant. I believe I'm at like 81% with from it's 70 to 180. So that's yeah. pretty tight. I'm going to um, change it back to 180 because I, I do want to know. I don't, I don't know what made me put it. So yeah. That, I, that right now that's the standard, but I can only imagine yeah. as systems get better, the range will get, smaller for what we kind of hope and expect for, uh, for people with type one, but on a good day, what's the percent of that day in range? Nine, 80, 90. I don't know. Do you know what? That's not something that I, of all the things I'm like, you're not really looking. Yeah. I, I you know, I had this for probably two weeks before I understood what the statistics icon was okay it's actually quite a cool you've seen it's quite i've seen cool that yeah so iaps has um, a pretty intuitive um statistics screen that 
is similar to Clarity, but I did notice on there the range is seventy to one hundred and forty, right? Yes. Yeah, I yes. noticed that. I was looking at that the other day, and I was like, "Oh, well, actually, I do have that statistic for me." Okay, so right. I am sixty three percent in that range right okay. now on DIY Loop so on IAPS. Week, this week I'm sixty seven. So I mean, okay. So, but I mean, you're you're a fair amount. You're anywhere from four to ten percent higher than me. You're not bolusing. That means yeah. that if you were to say the range that most people follow, seventy to one eighty you'd probably be at upwards of 85 to 90%, which is incredible. And you're not bolusing. You're not actively thinking much. Like that, that is, that's groundbreaking. Yes. Um, are you on a GLP-1 drug? And I ask that because Teresa is, she has good results because of that. Or help, right. it, it helps. No, okay. I'm not. And that opened okay. my eyes when I heard that. I heard her mention that in a video. Um, Yes. Why should we not all have all the tools we're willing to use? I'm interested in that. I just, I didn't even know that that was a thing. So yeah, I mean, the thing that curbs her, I mean, so she says, right? Well, I mean, she's, she's getting some pretty outrageous results in it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if that helps because it does, it slowers digestion, which um, could be super helpful, especially if you're eating pie. Right. 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 Um, yeah. So what do you have your target glucose set on the system? It's not a range I know on this, like DIY right. loops are range. What is that target number? And I wish I had the millimoles for all these numbers. I'm sorry to everyone listening from outside the US. Yes. I never know this either, but okay. I'm guessing I have it at like 93 that I'm okay. 100% sure. Wow. I put and that's like significantly lower than most systems. Um, I believe right. the lowest is Medtronic may have a hundred. Oh, um, target glucose. Or... I found it. It's not under preferences. Oh, at midnight, apparently I have a hundred, 100 okay. until 7am. I have 87. Wow. Okay. That that's very low. Uh, tide pool loop has 87, but that's not currently on any systems. Um, have you have you checked your A1C since you started? Um, I haven't. No. Okay. I had I had it like right in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. I mean, not. I don't think the A1C is necessarily as important as it once was. It is a great marker, especially for diagnosing people. But right. with CGMs that now give us the um, the GMI, I'm blanking on what that stands for. With right. uh, you kind of get. A look at a1c and so right and standard deviation right if you're like yeah this. so I, I feel like pretty good and tight i don't know i a1c always feels like a grade to me like i don't want to get a b minus yeah. and i just get nervous about it but i'm pretty sure mine is good i think my death yeah. comes at 6.1 okay okay um let's get into some settings when it comes to like this app is so powerful because of a lot of its dynamic settings. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with those? My experience with them is that <laughs> I see these magic little boluses that are happening, not at SMBs, my small micro boluses. I know that I have sigmoid function. Please do not ask me what that is. I do have all the dynamic settings on which has allowed me to, I'm going to say, you know, 80% of the time, not bolus at all. And my sort of experimentation, I'm in the middle of that. Um, I don't feel confident in changing settings because I just mm -hmm. don't really know how these things work or how they're yeah. affecting me. But I am so grateful for whatever, they said the name of it, the algorithm um, that's out there and open source, like whatever that, thing is oh ref one yes yes yeah uh, i looked it up sigmoid function is a mathematical function having a characteristic s-shaped curve or sigmoid curve um so it's it's hard to explain it in audio but it's a graph yeah. with a curve and i guess it's constantly working to curve right. things yeah I, i'm not smart enough to explain that but i'm gonna find someone who can 
Um, right. yeah, good. Please get right. everybody. Good. So <laughs> let me just say, like one one real life example that brings me great joy is um, okay. So first with Omnipod Five, I had a difficult time staying at one ten all night. Like I never was able to achieve that. I I don't know. I did all the things. I restarted. I woke up every hour to correct. I just couldn't get it to do that. And um, I obviously have that morning rise that I think is just part of human. You know, my blood sugar will go up in the morning, whether I drink or John effect Um, and add coffee to that, which what is a day without coffee? I could get to 200 in the mornings in the past without having eaten a morsel of food. Um, And I was, you know, I was trying to give one unit bolus for coffee, but then sometimes that would make me go low. Anyway, I wake up at 90 five and I step foot out of bed, I will see SMB, 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 coffee. Yeah. They go from 0.1, 0.1, 0.1, 0.4, 0.4, 0.5, 0.2, 0.3, 0.1. I guess this is the S. That's really the sigmoid know. function. Yeah. And so without touching my phone, without looking, without, you know, obsessively like, oh, I'm 200 I, for what? Um, it really, so that I got right. Like the nights are perfect. I don't even, yeah. I have such a habit to wake up and check. And, you know, for so many years, not only myself, but my daughter um, looking on follow. And I just don't have to do that anymore. And that alone is is the greatest gift. Like I really admire what Teresa said. Like I was only willing to put in this much work and this much time and this much effort mm-hmm. and I, that was just such a freeing thing for me to hear because you, you almost don't feel like you deserve to say that or like it's not an option. Like how much resilience do we need to prove we have with this incredibly burdens, burdensome disease? And for her to just say like, I'm not willing to do that, so I'm not going to. And for technology to rise up to meet that, it's just, it, it really is a miracle. Yeah, that was an inspiring story of hers, just working for a long time to find a system that worked for her and she didn't have to work for it. I loved that. And she finally has found one and her results are amazing. So if you're listening, you haven't heard it. And they're so generous with their time and people ask questions and the same questions over and over and they're, you know, they're there. Yeah, I have to thank them for answering many of the questions on Instagram. I'm too busy making more content that I just, I sometimes just don't have the time to go on Instagram to answer comments. So thank you to both of you. Um, And to everyone who listens and just has conversations with each other, I, I encourage you to continue the dialogue outside of my podcast and on YouTube and on social media, just talk to each other, work together. Um, I'm going to start that conversation. I'll chime in here and there. But um, in order for me to continue putting out content, I can't always sit on my phone and <laughs> scroll, you know? Right. And I feel bad about that, but there's there really is only so much time. Um, s- speaking of using technology, the Apple Watch app, do you use that for IAPS? Know- I, it's here and thankfully, like it will pop up on my watch, like low alert, you need nine grams of carb, but I am not bolusing from it. I just don't okay. see the need. Like, I, I don't know. I'm yeah. not particularly interested, but I do use it for Dexcom and I don't even in a hundred percent know how, but it does tell me yeah. if I have a low um, okay. through the app uh, as an announcement. Okay. It's funny. I stopped wearing my Apple watch uh, for maybe two months now. I've been wearing the Withings watch, which is just super sleek, has the alerts. It will get like clean alerts for my Dexcom, which I love. The one main thing, and I'll put a link to this watch if anyone's interested in the description. If, if The one main thing that I miss though is the ability to bolus on my watch because my phone is sometimes in the other room. I'm in the kitchen and I just want to go boop, boop, boop. And I'm like, I have to go back to my room, bolus, wait for the clicks and then go back. So that that's the one main feature I miss. But I think everything I get back in return, this freedom from my Apple watch, I've really enjoyed. So I, I'm not really rushing back. So when it comes to food, people with type one diabetes have a really weird relationship to it. 
it's both our poison and our medicine, right? We have to eat when we don't want to, and then we're afraid to eat certain things. Um, that's been a big challenge for me. How has your relationship with food changed since you moved on to IAPS? It's an incredible question, and it has changed tremendously. Um, I realized how restrictive I was. It's totally self-imposed. No one ever told me to do this, but I, I absolutely very much res uh, restricted carbs and to have a couple of experiences in the last 83 days where I thought, oh, devil may care. Like we're getting dessert at this restaurant and I'm gonna have some. And to experiment with that and, and feel that, I have definitely felt a burden lifted of like, oh, well, I just can't have some of that birthday cake, no matter what, I can't, mm -hmm. um, I'll just get a coffee. It has been a, a breakthrough for me personally, and I'm still in it. I'm in the very early stages of like, you know, experimenting and toying with what happens if I, when, when Teresa said in last week's podcast that she had fruit loops, I mean, it's unimaginable. Right. I would have said to you like, yeah. no one on the face of the earth with type one diabetes should have fruit loops because there's no way that you could cover as we say for that. But um, I'm not saying I'm gonna have fruit loops specifically, but I like knowing that I can. What advice would you have? Let's start with me. What advice do you have for me getting on this coming from DIY loop? Get the help you need to understand what the settings are. And I say that to you because I admit that I really don't fully understand. Maybe you, your um, educational series is going to help a lot of people. So get to the bottom of that because you have a really great way of talking the language of normal people, even though you're diabetic. Um, <laughs> so teach us what they are and how it works. Um, and you know, you've already been looping. I will honestly say it was not in any way daunting. It was a massive leap of faith, of course. Um, but I'd already made that leap of faith. And back in the day when I built loop, I that was really when you had to go like, colon, colon, backspace, space, and you weren't actually even seeing it on the screen. It was crazy what, for me personally, for me to yeah. have had the gumption to do that is quite incredible. So when I look back at that, I'm like, I don't know how I did that. But um, my advice would be toy with it and see if you can work your way to this unbelievable place of not having to bolus for food or putting the app on you know page three of your screen because you just don't have to worry about it. What, I mean, artificial yeah. pancreas, yeah. Right. What should I be most excited about? Ooh, the flat lines. I get very excited about the microboluses, the small microboluses. That sounds like an oxymoron to me, but I'm right. just a <laughs> um, right. Ultra rapid. Right, oh. oh, I should have, what I didn't add is- Oh I yeah, what- Changed to, Fiasp or Fiasp, however you say it. Yeah. Uh, when um, did you change? Probably like my uh, less than three weeks in. Okay. To, did you uh, notice an improvement? I noticed an improvement when I switched from Humalog to Fiasp. Did you notice an, an improvement at all or? You know what? Did you have to change a setting? Yes, there is a okay. setting that like it names it. So yes. Okay. Um, it also, it corresponded with my changing the way I eat. So I can't tell okay, you like, yeah. yes, it was amazing. Like, I think I changed it to say, now I'm gonna start having watermelon again, like <laughs> crazy me, yeah. let's see what happens. But um, I, I also will say, cause I thought this is really interesting. Um, it burned the first couple of times, the couple first couple of pods, not always, but I know people talk about that uh, burning experience, but that has completely gone away for me. So just in case that helps any listener like that, don't try it once and say it burns. So now you can't have it anymore. I don't, I know okay. we're all physiologically different, but it stopped burning for me on like pod three. Yeah. I'd say, um, I felt burning sensations once every four months, I'll have one site that I feel that, but I also don't know if that's an Omnipod thing or a Fiasp thing. Uh, Odds are it's not Fiasp because 
it's so, so, so rare. And it's not something I would ever tell anyone to worry about. Um, And what, what about for my listeners, what would be your advice to people listening who are IAPS curious? If, if you are IAPS curious, that means you have the interest and the energy to devote the time to be your own advocate. I mean, the, the massive drawback is, is that you're not going to call your endocrinologist or diabetes educator, and they're not going to say change the whatever this or that setting that they've never heard of. You're not going to get that kind of guidance in a controlled setting. So be prepared that you have to be your own builder, really. But if you are curious enough, and I mean, the way you just described that build gives me relief because it was handed to me. Um, but I do have that lurking fear that at some point it's going to go away or I'm going to get a new phone or, you know, so you did say that that part was easy enough. Um, I would just, I put out to the universe, the request for more information. I wish we could all collaborate to think of a way that it would just not be people volunteering their time. Like how could this be turned into a business? Because I would be delighted to pay it forward. I, you know, I yeah. do need the help, but I also, I don't want to take people's time. I know, as they said, like we have lives and jobs and this is our hobby. Um, yeah. And I think, I think possibly, yeah, I don't know the legality, but it sounds like if people started taking money or charging for this type of stuff, it makes it a business and you're, you're kind of revolving a business around something that's not cleared. So I don't yeah. know how how well that would work and i it, you kind of led me to my next my next and final question which is what do you want to say to the diy community thank you so much for using your gifts to build something that has made such a difference for so many people really it's just the the most significant shift i've had in my diabetes management Um, It has given me freedom and confidence that I didn't have before. And to know that this is just people putting in their own time, on their own time, helping others is really a beautiful thing. It's actually really humbling and touching. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Amazing. Anastasia, thank you so much for coming on. This was such an interesting conversation and it got me even more excited to get on IAPS. We want more IAPS content. People have spoken. (laughs) It's coming. Don't you worry. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to last week's episode where I spoke to those two admins about how the algorithm works and their impressive results. One of them never boluses and is above 80% in range. The other one does bolus before meals and is at 98% in range day is just not even special, he says. I'm getting on IAPS in the next few weeks and I'll be documenting the entire experience. Stay tuned for a podcast episode as well as some detailed YouTube and social media videos. I've got links to all those in the show notes along with resources to learn more about IAPS. And that T1D Exchange Registry link is also in the show notes. It truly helps support the channel when you sign up. But not only that, you'll be helping push diabetes research and treatment forward. And sometimes you even get compensated for those surveys. New episodes of this podcast release every Monday, wherever you listen. And on YouTube in video, there are links to my YouTube channel and social accounts in the show notes. I'm Justin, and I'll see you next week.